Hi, I'm Danny Simon, and I lead the New Life Fellowship Church here at Manipal. I'm so glad that you tuned in with us today to listen to our audio podcast. Do subscribe so that you can tune in every week. You know, I believe that a spoken word can change lives, and my prayer and my hope is that as you listen to today's message, it will change your life as you know it. Enjoy the message. All right. So, like I said earlier, we're in the midst of our series. Okay, hashtag I need a friend. We took a break last week. Okay, but we've completed two weeks into this series. And here's what I want you to do. Listen, if you miss any part of this series, I want you to go back and please listen to this. We'll suffer there on the podcast because, like I said, you know, amongst many of the series that I've done here in Manipal, I believe this is truly a life-changing one. You might think that, yeah, Pastor, you say that before every series. Yes, I do. All right, because God's word can set us free. Amen. God's word can bring us life. Amen. Okay. More than any of the lies that you will listen into this world, it is God's truth that will really set you free. All right. And 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 the reason why I want to, you know, really emphasize on this series like I said in week 1 is because man, when I when I look at people, when I look at the young generation today, one of the things, the two things that I find, and I mentioned this, you know, in week 1 and week 2, two, two things that I find. All right. you guys you know the youngest the, the generation today are supposed to be the most connected generation today do you agree i mean come on think about it okay back in my time when i was in college we didn't we didn't have mobile phones mobile phones came to us when i think when i was in my final year all right till then you know we had to wait in queue you know to call up our parents you don't have to do that every day do you You don't have to wait in queue for most of you to call up your parents, man. You feel like talking to them right now, you know, at the click of a button you can just talk to them right now. We didn't have that luxury. And I call it a luxury because it is. Okay, we had to stand in line. We had to, you know, make sure that we had adequate change, you know, 1 rupee coins because we had to put that into the pay phone. I don't know if you ever used a pay phone. Have you ever used a pay phone anybody? Some of you are like What is that? I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying, you know. That's what I'm saying, man. You're supposed to be the most connected generation today. Yes, you know what's the second thing I find about, you know, today's generation? They're the most loneliest generation present ever. I mean, that's that's the, you know, the irony. That's like the paradox, you know? I mean, like, man, you're supposed to be the most connected, which means you shouldn't really be lonely. But the paradox is that even though people are well connected today, they're the most loneliest generation today and that's why i'm saying listen this is a series which is why you know i really dwelt into this series because i believe you know man that's why i titled this as you know hashtag i need a friend you know i really need a friend why because that's what god's word tells me to do that's what god's words encourages me to do all right and um, if you remember you know this whole series is based off the statement okay um is based of this yeah we are in week 3 okay I'll, i'll come back to the title of why i put it as ad friends okay a little later but we've been based off this entire series on you know the statement can you put up the next statement all right your closest friends will determine the kind of life that you will live okay it's it's up on the left okay your closest friends will determine the kind of life that you will live the friends that you associate with the friends that are so close to you the friends that man you hang out with like so much and so much of your time will influence your life as you know it okay and we we took that up you know from um, um okay we we this is what we did in week 1 this is what we looked at a little bit about week 2 in fact the last two weeks we've been talking about isolation we've been talking about loneliness and we look very specifically if you remember the reason you know we looked at you know why god does not want us to be lonely and i said this you know in week 1 man when god created man the first problem that mankind ever encountered was not the sin problem what is the first problem that mankind ever encountered was a loneliness problem god looked at man and he said it is not good that man is alone loneliness was a problem right from the beginning of creation and strange isn't it that even today loneliness is a problem all right and 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 we looked at this whole idea that man week 2 you know we looked at this you know from ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 1 4 verse 12 we looked at the fact that a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated but two can stand back to back and conquer two can stand back to back and conquer man if you choose to isolate yourself if you choose to stay away from people if you choose to say that man i don't need people you know as long as i have god as long as you know i have my scriptures right as long as i'm praying in the presence of god i don't need people can i tell you that's the biggest deception that you can ever believe in your life think about it adam had god 
and yet god looked at adam and said it's not good that he's alone why would god say that if he believed if god really didn't agree with this concept that man just spending time in god's presence alone is not enough you need other people in your life and this is what i'm saying you know this is what ecclesiastes says man if you stand alone guess what you're a potential candidate for the enemy to attack and we looked at this in week 2 very clearly okay we looked at the life of king david okay how king david fell you know into adultery with bathsheba how did that happen anybody he chose to isolate himself from the crowd you know in the beginning of that bathsheba chapter if you remember you know it's it reads that you know it was a spring time where the kings should go out to battle what did david choose to do he chose to isolate himself from his friends he chose to isolate himself from his army he chose to stay behind and when he stayed behind guess what this verse came into display he was alone and he was a potential candidate for the enemy to attack and what happened he fell and he fell miserably we looked at peter also you know week 2 we looked at the reason why he ended up you know denying jesus why because again he was alone and this is what i want us to understand listen if you choose to be alone if you choose to isolate yourself stay away from people you are a potential candidate to fail because the enemy can attack you and he will tear you into pieces okay um one of the things you know that i want us to really demarcate or differentiate okay is between loneliness okay and solitude they're two different things and why i want to say that is because man you read about jesus you know jesus many times you know he he pulled back from his disciples and he spent time alone he did that okay if you read about king david i mean we'll be looking a little more into king david's life today okay but king david also you know there was a period of time when all of his friends left him alone and it reads there that you know david strengthened himself in the presence of god now solitude is different from loneliness when you choose to be alone the reason you should be choosing to be alone is not because man you don't have friends around you the reason that you should be choose to be alone is because man i want to spend time alone in the presence of god two things that i want us to think about you know when you think about jesus and david jesus do you think jesus was lonely come on church jesus was not lonely david was not lonely they always had people around them but there were moments you know when they would try to pull back why because they wanted to spend some time with god alone that's a whole different thing all right that's a whole different thing from being lonely what is loneliness loneliness is man when you have friends and you say that man i don't like them you know they hurt me they betrayed me they did something to me they said something bad stuff behind my back and you choose to pull away from these friends because man they have hurt you in some way or the other and you say man one arm distance don't come close to me i don't want to be hurt again i never want to you know go through that whole phase again so you know what i'm good alone why because man nobody can hurt me when i'm alone right that's different in fact you know i looked up you know the definition for the word loneliness okay oxford defines loneliness this way it's a feeling of sadness because one has no friends or company that's what the way oxford defines loneliness can i put it this way loneliness is an emotion can i say that loneliness is an emotion emotion of you know man i'm feeling sad i don't have friends you know man the friends that i had have cheated me the friends that i've had that did this about me they left me alone they you know this is a word you know i literally had to look up at the dictionary to find out what it means okay it's a word that many of you all wait okay now i can't remember the word i, I just slipped out of my mind okay it was uh, fomo yeah fomo fomo how many of you remember fomo See I can't even remember that word clearly. How many of you know what FOMO stands for? Every one of you? Anyone who's like me who don't know what FOMO means? Okay? FOMO means fear of missing out. I'm just saying. I remember you know like the first batch you know in Manipal the church you know they they said man we should we should do something on FOMO and I'm like what? You know what's FOMO? I mean I have no idea. I literally had to google it to find out okay FOMO means fear of missing out. How many of you have FOMO? I want you to think about it. Man, man, the reason man, oh man, I don't want to miss out and I don't want to I want to be a part of that. I mean, those are things, you know, that comes in as a result of feeling lonely. Those are things that come as a result of being lonely. Okay, Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9, here's what it says, okay? Two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. 
I've asked us, you know, in week one, I want to ask us again. How many of you want to find success in your life? Come on, talk to me, church. Okay. Can I ask, how many of us want to find failure in life? Man, I, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm aiming for failure. I want to fail. I want to fail and I want to fail bad. Anybody? No, none of us. None of us. We all want to find success. And can I tell you, one of the secrets of success is mentioned in God's word. What is God's word saying? Two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. You know why I need you know, other people in my life? So that I can find the success God has kept for me in my life. That's why I need other people in my life. All right. These are a few things that, you know, we looked at over the last two weeks. Okay. And like I said earlier, your friends have the potential to determine the kind of life that you will live. You can find success. You can find failure based on the friends that you closely associate with. Okay. Today, what we're going to be doing. Okay. Like I said, week three, I've titled it as ad friends. All right. What we're going to be specifically looking at is, you know, the kind of friends that you should be adding to your life on a constant basis. These are friends, you know, that's supposed to be so close to you. Like I said, man, if, if my friends have the potential, you know, to, to, to bring me down or, you know, to bring me success, I would want to always associate with the right kind of friends. So how do you actually add the right kind of friends into your life? And that's what we want to look, you know, today. I want you to think about, you know, this man, Paul the Apostle. Just for a moment. Paul the Apostle was probably, you know, one of the greatest apostles that ever lived. Okay, some people nickname him as the super apostle. Okay, if you read your New Testament, you know, almost three-fourths, they say almost three-fourths of the New Testament was written by Paul. But there was a time in Paul's life when he could not find success or he could not do what God, he believed God had called him to do. You know, I mean, if you remember Paul, okay, the life that he lived before, he became Paul. His nickname, I mean, his name was what? Saul. The life that Saul lived, he was a devout, traditional, I wouldn't say Christian, but he was a devout, traditional, God-fearing man. He knew all the laws by heart, the laws of Moses, he knew everything. And in fact, you know, when, when Christ came and Christ's followers started increasing, you know what he set out to do? He said, man, I'm going to kill every Christian who's out there. Because that's not the truth. That's not the way. And man, we, we know his story. You know, he went around killing and persecuting so many Christians, you know, right throughout, you know, the early century. All right. It came to a place that people actually feared Saul. Because man, if they if he knew that man, you're a Christian, if you're following Jesus Christ, he, there is a potential that he can possibly kill you. So Saul was this, you know, man. And then finally, you know, he was on his way to Damascus. Why? Because he wanted to persecute more Christians. He said, there's a group there. I want to go there. I want to kill all of them. And on his way to Damascus, he met Jesus Christ and his life was transformed in an instant. The man who wanted to kill followers of Jesus suddenly became a man who wanted to create followers for Jesus. And then, you know, with this transformation that, you know, Saul experienced, he became Paul, okay? And he wanted to come into this place and he wanted to preach the gospel everywhere. Why? Because he believed God had put it in his heart to preach the gospel. And you know what's interesting? Okay, I want you to look at Acts chapter 9, verse 26 to 28. Here's what he says. When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, okay, Saul, Paul, when he arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. They did not believe that he had truly become a believer. I want you to stop right there. Isn't it interesting to note that the past was still, you know, hanging on, even though there was a transformation inside his heart. I don't know if you've ever been in that place. Man, you, you, you've decided from inside that you want to change your life. You have decided on the inside that, man, I no longer want to be the same person that I used to be. But isn't it interesting that the other people, when they look at you, they always associate your past with you. And they say that, man, I know what kind of a person you used to be. There's no way you could have actually had a transformation. And Paul, Saul, had the same experience. When he became a believer, when he, you know, started following Jesus Christ because of that one encounter with the Lord, the people who looked at him, they said that, man, we know this guy. This could be a trick, you know, so that he can come into our community and can kill each and every one of us because that's what he used to do. So they didn't welcome him into their community. But look at verse 27. This is what I don't want us to miss. Then Barnabas. Everybody say Barnabas. Barnabas, 
brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. Verse 28. Verse 28. So Saul stayed with the apostles and went all around Jerusalem with them preaching boldly in the name of Jesus. Preaching boldly in the name of Jesus. What happened? Come on church. I don't want you to miss this. What happened? What had happened? What changed? You know in the course of a man who was rejected by the people. Who was not accepted into his community. What changed? One man changed. Barnabas. Can you see this church? One man who decided that man, I want to be a friend of Paul. I want to be a friend of this Paul because I believe in, you know, what's happened to him. I believe what has happened to this guy's life. One man decided to, you know, step out of the crowd and say that, Paul, I want you to be my friend. Others may not recognize who you are. Others may not be able to, you know, um, understand what you experience that you have gone through. But I'm willing to take a risk and I want to be your friend. He, Barnabas was the reason. Can I put this church? Barnabas was the reason why Paul was able to do what God had called him to do. Think about that. The only reason Paul, I mean, you know, Paul believed God wants me to do this. But Paul was completely shut out. Why? Because he had a past, you know, which nobody was willing to detach, you know, from himself. But then, you know, here comes Barnabas, a man who said that, you know what? I know what your past is like. That's okay. Come with me. I know these people. Let me talk to them. And can I put it this way, church? God brought Barnabas into Paul's life so that Paul could become and do all that God had called him to become. This is the power of a friend, church. This is what friendships can do. This is what, you know, man, like I said earlier, listen, the whole statement that this whole message revolves around, the whole series revolves around is this. Your friends, church, I want you to hear this again and again. Your friends have the potential to determine the kind of life that you will live. Man, each of us has a God-given destiny. Each of us has a calling that God has upon our life. But listen, the question is, are you associating with the right people so that you can do and become all that God wants you to do and become? Because I promise you, if you have friends, you know, that's going to lure you away, you will not live the life that God has called you to live. What I want to do, you know, with the little time that we have, I want us to look at the life of King David. Like I said, you know, last week we left King David. I mean, not last week, the week before that. We left King David where? He had committed adultery. He committed murder. He killed the, you know, the husband of the wife that he slept with. And he was just trying to cover up everything, trying to manipulate the entire situation and trying to move forward like nothing had ever happened. But yet, you know what God looks at him and said he was? I mean, you remember this. What is God's testimony about King David? That he's a man after my own heart. How did a man who fell so miserably, how did a man, you know, who, who, who committed murder and who did all of these wrong things still end up becoming the person whom God wanted him to become? Because here's what I believe. He had the right kind of friends in his life. He had the right kind of friends in his life. He had friends, you know, who could speak into his life. And church, this morning, here's what I want us to listen, you know, into this entire message. I want us to understand that, listen, if I have these kind of friends in my life, I believe I too can become and do all that God has called me to become and do in this life. Okay, add friends, okay, it comes in from, I mean, social media, okay, add friend, add friend, I mean... You've seen that on social media, right? You have, they give you, sometimes they give you suggestions on whom you should be actually adding friends to your, you know, profile or your handle. Okay. So the, what I want to do is, you know, three things that I want you to give, three pointers, which I want you to give, because these are three kind of friends that I believe that if you allow them into your life, if you remain really close to these friends in your life, they will influence you for good. They will influence you to do and become all that God has called you to do. Okay, so here's point number one. I need a friend who encourages me. Number one, I need a friend who encourages me. Do you know why I need a friend who encourages me? Because guess what? There's discouragement all over. 
I don't need to, you know, move out, you know, just for a second and I can find discouragement all over the place. Everywhere I go, I'm faced with discouragement. So I don't need another friend who comes into my life and, you know, continues to discourage me all the time. I need somebody who can encourage me. I need somebody who can uplift me. I need somebody who can, you know, man, make me, you know, the better version of myself. So that I can be encouraged in doing the right kind of things. You know, when you look at the life of King David, King David had a person like that in his life. You know who that person was? His close friend. His name was Prophet Samuel. He had Prophet Samuel in his life who was willing to encourage him, who was willing to uplift him in the place that he was. I want you to think about King David before he became a king. What was King David before he became a king? What was his profession? Anybody? He was a he was a shepherd boy, right? He was a shepherd boy taking care of the sheep and guess what? You know, everyone in his family had rejected him. I'll prove that to you in a moment. Okay. Everyone in David's family had rejected him as a son. I mean, his own dad would look down on him. His own dad, you know, wouldn't consider him amongst all the other brothers in his life. How do I know this? I want you to think about this context, you know, where Saul, King Saul, okay, not Saul and Paul, what we spoke about earlier. King Saul, who was the king at that time in Israel. God had rejected him from being the king, right? And, and the story goes that, man, because God had rejected King Saul from being the king, he decided to anoint a new king. So he, he, God speaks to prophet Samuel and he says, Samuel, you need to go and anoint this new person whom I want to become the king. And his dad is Jesse. He's found in Jesse's home. I want you to go to Jesse's home and anoint this new king. So Samuel, you know, with all of this excitement, he goes, you know, into this prophet. I mean, he go, Sam, Samuel goes into Jesse's house and he tells Jesse, Jesse, this is what God has told me to do. And I need to anoint one of your sons because one of your sons is going to be the future king. And you know what, what, what Samuel does? So, you know what Jesse does? Jesse, the father, he lines up all his sons, you know, in front of Samuel. And Samuel, you know, goes, you know, to the first son. And here's what he says, you know, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 6 to 7. So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab, the oldest one. And he said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. Man, he might look good. He might look like the potential person to be the next king. But he's not the one, Samuel. So don't look at his outward appearance. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For Lord looks at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. And he says, man, this is not the one. And you know, the story goes, I don't have the entire story up there. But the story goes that Jesse says, okay, Eliab is not the one. He goes to the second one keeps quiet, moves, keeps moving forward, he keeps moving forward. He reaches the end of the line of the sons that has been listed up or lined up by Jesse. And he doesn't find a single person there. And you know what it says? Samuel looks at Jesse and says, is it possible that maybe you have one more son? And what, what, what did Jesse say? Oh yeah, there's one more. Yeah, there's one more. But, ah, I don't think he, he is qualified. I don't think you would really find him, you know, a potential candidate to be the next king of all the people. He's out there in the fields. He's taking care of my sheep. Bring him in. And he comes in. Okay. I mean, again, I have this. First Samuel 16 was 11. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest. And he's, keep, he's there. He's there keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him for we will not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now look at this, David. He was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day on. You know what God allowed Samuel to see, which nobody else could see? Because everybody in his family had rejected David. His own dad thought that, man, this guy, he, he will never amount to be anything. He is like one wastrel. You know, he, he's better off with the sheep. He's better off there. There's no way. He doesn't have any potential. He doesn't, man, Jesse, Sam, you need to look at all of these boys. They are good and they are, you know, all the talent in the world. They have everything possible. But God said, man, no, 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 those are not the people. I want this guy. Why? Because, man, I'm looking at his heart. 
I'm not looking at his potential. I'm not looking at his gifts or what his abilities, nothing. I'm not looking at any I'm looking at his heart. He's the one. And you know what Samuel was able to do? Samuel was able to speak encouragement into this young boy's life. A boy who thought that man this is what life is for me this sheep around all this dirt and all this mud and all of these this is going to be life for the entire rest of my life but God saw him differently and because of that Samuel was able to see David differently and you know what Samuel brought into David's life Samuel brought a lot of encouragement into his life and say listen you might be in this position today that's okay but God has seen you and God has chosen you arise and there's a day that's going to come when you would be the king over this entire nation and church i want you to listen to this this morning maybe there are people you know in our lives that has rejected us maybe our close ones maybe our family you know we don't know man i'm just saying man the close people who has rejected us in our life but can i tell you this god looks at us differently and god is going to bring people into our lives who are so close to us they will start seeing you differently and they will say that man there's something that god's put into your life and you don't have to remain where you are i want you to rise up i want you to rise up because you need to live the calling that god has placed upon your life listen church i need a friend who can encourage me i need a friend who can uplift me from where i am and here's what i don't want us to miss okay samuel was much older than david samuel was much older than david okay david was a young boy samuel was a well old prophet Sometimes can I tell you this when you choose close friends in your life they may not be the same age and that's okay but here's what I want you to do when you look at the list of friends that you have do you have friends who constantly encourages you do you have friends who constantly uplifts you do you have friends you know who does not keep putting you down 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 all the time those are friends that you need to really really hang out and be close to one of my closest friends today you met him personally many of you are okay one of the closest friends that i have today is pastor matthew he is i remember you know in college when i was so messed up i was a failure like i said you know man it's taken me like you know five year course it's taken me seven and a half years to complete i'm a dentist by profession but one man pastor matthew he came in and i remember i'll not forget the first words that he spoke to my life you know what he spoke to me I told him you know this is what my life is like and everything and then he looks at me and he says this one statement that I've not forgotten this was maybe like I don't know 16 to 18 years back here's what he said Danny God must have a plan for your life and you know that 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 spoke volumes to me from a place where i was coming from when i've experienced failure after failure rejection you know from my batchmates rejection from my friends rejection you know from all of the professors everyone had literally you know looked down on me and they put me down and they said man this man this guy will never amount to anything in his life but there was one man who was willing to stand out and say man god must have a purpose in your life can i tell you church i need a friend who can encourage me All right. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 11 it says, you know, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you're already doing. Okay. Here's the definition of encouragement. The action of giving someone support, confidence or hope. Okay. There's another definition I picked up. Just to fill up somebody's heart. Other friends around you filling up your heart with positive reinforcement, encouragement, hope. and support all the time in your life when you meet them are you filled with energy or are they just you know draining life from you you know i remember one man of god puts it this way okay you can have two kinds of people in your life you can have vips or you can have vdps you know what's the difference vips are very inspiring people if you hang around them you would be so inspired that man you would just move forward but you can have vdps you know what vdp stands for very draining people So here's a question. Do you have VIPs in your life or do you have VDPs in your life? Okay. So I need a friend who can encourage me. Here's number 2. I need a friend who helps me find spiritual strength. I need a friend who helps me find spiritual strength because there are times and moments in my life where I am faced with temptation. 
there are moments in my life where man i'm forced or i'm tempted to move away from god and to move away into the things of this world and you know just engage with the things of this world there are moments when man i feel like man oh god is boring church is boring oh man all this is man this is looks so much more fun and more enticing i need friends who can spiritually strengthen me all the days david had somebody like this as well david had somebody who brought spiritual nourishment spiritual encouragement spiritual strength into his life you know what his name was his name was jonathan jonathan was a close friend of king david who brought spiritual strength and encouragement into his life if you remember the story of david david was anointed to be the next king okay david goes out to battle with saul one day and when he comes back with victory the women are singing a song you remember that song okay the song you know again i'm not i don't remember the song but here's what you know scripture says scripture says that man how many women were praising david and how many women were praising do you remember that the women again i don't remember the number but yeah there was a vast difference there were more women praising david than saul saul becomes what of david he becomes jealous He's like why are the women praising him more than him he's just a shepherd boy whom I picked up and I placed him in this place I'm the king they should be praising me more he becomes insecure he becomes very jealous and then what happens with Saul and David for the next you know 10 years Saul is trying to kill David different opportunities different occasions and there was this one moment okay first samuel chapter 23 was 15 to 16 while david was at horesh in the desert of sif he learned that Saul had come out to take his life Verse 16 and Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horesh and helped him find strength in God. Maybe David was disheartened. He was anointed to be the next king and he was trying, you know, to be a good friend to King Saul. And here's King Saul trying to take his life. But here's what is so amazing about Jonathan. I want you to think about this. Jonathan was whose son? Anybody? King Saul's son. Saul knew that David was anointed to be the next king. Do you think Jonathan knew that David was going to be anointed to be the next king? Jonathan also probably knew that. And here was Jonathan. His dad was trying to kill David. Picture this with me. His dad was trying to king kill David. So what do you think, you know, maybe I was thinking man if I was in Jonathan's position, here's a thought that would have run in my mind. Hey man, if my dad can kill David, what does that set me up for? there is a possibility that i can be the next king what do you think about that jonathan could have possibly thought that man if david actually gets killed by my dad nobody is going to question him i have easy access to the throne there is a possibility that that position of kingship can actually belong to me but jonathan put all of that aside why because he loved david more than his own life and that is the power of friendship church that's what i want us to understand listen the jonathan was willing to put his selfish desires aside he was willing to put his own things behind him and say that man here is david i love david david is the closest friend that i have and david is going through this difficult time i want to go and give him some spiritual strength i want him to find comfort in god i want him to take his strength from god and i don't want david you know to go discouraged and go disheartened away from the lord but i want him to come back to the lord and jonathan put all of his things aside and he said that listen i want to come with david and i want to encourage him spiritually so that man he can be on track with the lord and church here's what i want us to understand listen many times you know man sometimes you know it's not easy for us because sometimes man we are so clouded and so blinded with our own things and our own desires that man we don't find to take time aside you know to look at the friends who's going through a difficult time we don't want to and i'm telling you church i want you to think about this were in the times when you were feeling bad or you were feeling you know discouraged when one of your friends or somebody just called you up or just texted you and say hey how are you doing and what did that make you feel and i wonder church how many of us have actually taken aside time for the others who's around us not just waiting for somebody to encourage us and uplift us but man we would take time out and say that man i need to encourage somebody else jonathan decided to bring spiritual strength into david's life and he had no reason to do whatsoever 
why because he believed in friendship proverbs 17 17 it says a friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in time of need a friend is always loyal church here's a question do you have loyal friends in your life do you have friends who will stick by you no matter what you go through no matter man if you're doing well you have all the money man okay let's go out and party okay man your money oh you don't have money Ah, bye i'll see you when you have some do you have friends who will stick by you no matter what you're going through one of the friends you know that i had in my life okay i still have him <laughs> there was a time in our life we didn't have kids and uh, like i've told you this testimony so many times you know man we didn't have children we tried every medical thing in the book okay nothing worked and and we came to a place where we were so discouraged i remember this one time we were so discouraged that we actually thought we were still in ministry you know there were young people coming home and we would encourage them in the faith when our own faith was kind of shaky ground by because we are not seeing god move in answer to our prayers and i remember this one time man we were so sh- shaken up to the core that I, i i was thinking to myself you know what why am i even holding on to god anymore I mean there's no point. I mean I've been praying and crying out to the Lord for the last almost 2 years now. We don't have kids. I mean it's not difficult for God to give kids, right? I mean, you know, we were hearing stories about couples who just got married, you know, and in 9 months they're already ready to have a child. And we, like we are married here for like, you know, 5 6 years and we still don't have children. And I remember asking myself, man, young people after young people are coming home and I'm trying to encourage them in the faith, trying to, man, you need to stick on to the faith, man, believe in God, believe in God, when my own faith is shaken up here. And I came to a place where I thought that, man, you know what, I want to quit on my faith. I don't want to follow God anymore because there's no point. And I remember this friend, you know, very close friend of mine, he, he came and he said, Danny, let's go out for coffee. Okay he took me out for coffee okay we were sitting over the coffee table we were sipping on coffee and then you know I tell him you know what I'm going through and I tell him this listen I don't think you know man I can I can trust and believe God anymore I can't it's it's difficult for me because I'm not seeing anything happen in my own life I know what he is what he said I'll not forget this here's what he said he said man isn't that where you came from so what do you mean You've already been in the world Danny and you know what the world can offer you the world can offer you nothing isn't that true the reason you came to god was because god can offer you what the world cannot offer and isn't that the reason why you came to god and i remember sitting and listening to that statement and i'm thinking man you're right because it, it, it literally you know broke me it literally you know open my mind and literally open my eyes to understand that man yes because there's only there's only two can i tell you this there's only two options you either come to god or you go to the world and here's and i've been in the world i've done that i've been there done that i've been there all over the place and i know the world can offer me nothing but emptiness and i found life when i came to god and here's what he said listen if you choose to go back to that world guess what's going to happen you're just going to be empty you're just going to go back to emptiness the world is not going to offer you anything why would it go back to something that would offer you nothing and i remember you know literally devouring that statement i literally you know like just 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 allowing that to just soak into my heart so much i said you're right and you know what i came back to god the lord didn't disappoint me true story i have three boys now the lord will never disappoint but here's the reason why i came back to the faith because there was a friend who decided that listen it's worth my time to spend on this guy because man so that he can live out the life that god has called him to become i need a friend who encourages me i need a friend who can give me spiritual strength and here's the last one and i want to close with this i need a friend who tells me the truth i kept this purposely for the end you know why because i don't like this friend do you I mean I love the friend okay I love the friend but I don't like this aspect of what this friend does to me because they come and tell me the truth on my face you know we left week 2 with king david you know committing adultery and committing murder and all of those things and they were trying to move on with his life and god brought 
one more close friend into his life so that he could get back on track you know who that man was prophet nathan he brought nathan into david's life why because here's the thing i want us to remember nathan loved david nathan loved david so much enough to care for him and to tell him the truth about what he did was not right and here comes nathan nathan comes and he he brings up the story he brings up an analogy about a story that is very similar to what david had done you know in regard to bathsheba and her husband okay at the end of the story you know as he listened to the story david was is angry david is mad and he says who is this man man I mean, he needs to be punished he can't you know he can't do this what he did and you know what they, you know what nathan responds second samuel verse 12 verse 7 to 9 here's what nathan says i mean here's what nathan says then nathan said to david you are that man You are that man the Lord the God of Israel says I anointed you king of Israel saved you from the power of Saul I gave you to the, your master's house and his wives and the kingdoms of Israel and Judah and if that had not been enough I would have given you much much more David I would have given you more than what you have right now anything you wanted you should have come to me I would have given it to you well, what did you do Why then have you despised the word of the Lord and done this horrible deed for you have murdered Uriah the Hittite with the sword of the Ammonites and stolen his wife Nathan was not afraid to come to King David and tell him David you might be the king but what you did was absolutely wrong you should not have done that You see I need friends who can tell me the truth on my face who love me enough who care for me enough so that man when they see the flaws in my life they can point out the you know the flaws in my life so that i can take some time reflect on it i can correct those flaws in my life and i can you know become all that god has called me to become imagine if david had tried to just move on with his life with nobody you know having the courage to come up and say david what you did was wrong but david you know had god raised up nathan why because god loved david and god raised up nathan nathan also loved david loved him so much to care to tell him that man david you're a man after supposed to be a man after god's own heart god loves you so much don't do this correct yourself get back on track go before the lord and and you know what when 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 david listens to this you know admonishing you know what david does david realizes immediately you know the mistake that he's done And you know if you read I don't have it up on screen but Psalm 51 if you go through Psalm 51 it's you know literally a repentance prayer that David cries before the Lord and prays Lord you're right I have done something wrong I should never have done it David cries out in repentance before the Lord because of what he had done when he realized his mistake but here's what I don't want us to miss church the reason he realized his mistake was because he was willing to listen to a close friend who loved him so much to tell him the truth on his face that man what you're doing is not the right thing You see none of us are perfect none of us are all of us are, have our flaws we have our you know weaknesses we have you know what do you want to name it you can name it but uh, who's a true friend who's a close friend a close friend is someone who can come who loves you so much who can come and tell you listen i see this flaw in your life you we may not see it and the truth is we don't see the flaws in our life do we we don't but we have people and i i believe this to be true you know god raises up people who can see the flaws in our life so that man we can look back at the flaws we can reflect on it and we can make the changes that's needed so that we can become and do all that god has called us to be you know proverbs 13:20 it says this you know become wise by walking with the wise hang out with fools and watch your life fall into pieces hang out with whom with fools and watch your life fall into pieces you know what I like friends who agree with me. Don't you? I like friends, you know, who 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 listens to my dumb ideas, my dumb thoughts, okay, and my my dumb mistakes and say that, "Yeah, oh, that's okay, man. Even I've done dumb mistakes. Oh, let's let's, you know, pally pally and we're all good friends." And man, man, you know, there's there's nobody who's literally, you know, saying that, "Ah, oh, don't do this." Can you see what you're doing? you shouldn't be doing it this way but i don't i don't want to hear that you know man we have this you know this resistance wall every time somebody comes up and challenges the things that we're doing and says man you should why are you doing these things you shouldn't be doing these things but man i don't like that guy hey he always keeps criticizing me about everything that i do 
Well, what do you think? I think it's a, yeah, it's it's okay. What what does he think about himself, right? And we get, you know, with the people who who are not willing to say the truth. And can I tell you this? When you go through a challenge and when you go through a difficult situation in your life, the people who kind of agree with you, they might just walk away and you be left standing and that person who told you the truth might still be standing there and say, "You want to come this side now?" We need people who can speak the truth into our face. Why? Because man, I don't want to be the same person. Because I know I have flaws. I know there are people whom God has raised up in my life who can see what I'm doing is not right and who can tell me that I'm doing is not right so that I can become what God has called me to become. Here's a statement that I want to make. My best friends should bring out the best in me. Can I say that again? My best friends should bring out the best in me. Because if they can't bring out the best in me, guess what? Maybe they're not my best friends. How's that for a thought? Proverbs 27:17. As iron sharpens iron, so shall a friend sharpen a friend. As iron sharpens iron, so shall a friend sharpen this another friend. God knows our shortcomings. God knows, you know, the, the the challenges that we have. God knows, you know, the flaws that we have. And God wants those flaws to go away. God wants us to change in those areas. He does not want us to remain the same. You know, I heard this one time, you know, and I think it's true, okay? The worst advice you can possibly give to somebody, you know, what's the worst advice you can give to somebody? Be yourself. That's probably the worst advice you can give to anybody. Why? Because man, ah, I think there are things that you need to change <laughs> because being yourself man <laughs> you may not like yourself if you're yourself I'm just saying but we need people like you know who can come in and God sees that and the reason you know how God brings change into our lives he brings people people sometimes that we love people sometimes that we are so close to and they'll come out and say a truth and then that's not true and we you know we offer all this resistance because man we're finding it difficult to accept that i want to close you know with this story of mine okay one of the closest friends that i have today is my own wife anu all right and man she has a way of putting truth into my face literally okay like i said earlier you know i love this friend but i don't like this thing what she does i don't All right I really don't and I remember you know this was this was probably you know a couple of months back and uh, somebody texted me and you know on the phone and I was feeling really hurt okay by what that friend texted me and 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 I'm sitting and reading that message and you know my first reaction okay my first you know the temptation for me was to react back you know to what that friend had texted and you know in a spur of a moment without even thinking you know as soon as that text came in i didn't even think think for a fraction of a second i immediately texted back you know the worst or the 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 you know like putting somebody in their place have you heard that yeah i mean you, so, so that's what i did you know i send a message back and i put that person in their place i'm feeling good yeah no no you respond to that now let's see how you respond to that right and you know she she comes along okay in a very nice looking way i mean you know she is right she, she comes in a very nice looking way very very nonchalant very very you know naive kind of a thing she picks up my phone and she sees this and 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 i knew it the minute when she's reading that message i knew it man here it comes here it comes and can i tell you this church if you know your close friends are going to admonish you for what you just did you better not do it <laughs> that's like a that that should be a red signal that should be a red flag that goes up right there okay you know what if 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 they come to know that i did this or if they come to know they're going to really 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 mess me up let me just stay away i don't i don't want to get into that that should be a first red flag that goes up every time you know that your close friend is going to come and admonish you for what you did and she reads through that message and she looks at me I'm like what you know i mean i'm still hurting and i'm still angry okay i'm like, what and she says man you should not have done that and i'm like you know what i was i was ready for this okay i had already prepared i knew that when she reads it she's going to say this i already mentally prepared you know what i had to say so i give out you know a list of justifications you you don't understand man the reason i did this was because of that the reason i replied this way is because of a reason and i had like list of reasons and you know what she being she 
quietly she just stands and she's like listening and i'm just going on and on and on and on and on and then at the end of my all my rambling and all my venting you know what she says you just hurt you just deeply deeply hurt take some time but that's not the way you should have responded that's not the way you should have responded and that hit me like a pile of bricks you know what i'm talking about that hit me like crazy and i'm sitting there and i realize that man yes i'm i'm, I'm like really really hurt by what my friend just texted me about and i knew i knew right from the beginning i didn't need you know this but i needed somebody like her to come and point out and say that man what you did was wrong you should not have done that and i remember sitting and thinking to myself yes i am hurt and i took a few days you know took my hurts to the lord spent some time and i forgave the person you know for texting me the way that i did and i reached out to this person i said you know what i'm sorry things went sour you know as things didn't go well and i'm sorry for responding you know to what you said and that person guess what that person said sorry to no 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 i should apologize because i'm the one here's what i don't want us to miss church we need friends like that we need friends like that who can tell us the truth in our face why because man we have a bigger calling in our lives there's a great purpose that god has set in our lives in each and every one of our lives and my question is church if you keep rejecting out all the truth you know that's coming in your face and you know it's true you know very well it's true but you just want to push it away because man you're just hurting on the inside and you don't want that to come into your life but sometimes it requires us to humble ourselves and say that yes that portion of it is true about and i need to go back reflect and i need to bring the necessary changes that is it takes a lot of humbling to do that but i promise you this if you do that you will become the best version of yourself i need friends who can encourage me i need friends who can spiritually strengthen me and i need friends who can speak the truth into my face so that i can become and do all that god has called me to become and do. that really spoke to me and i pray that it spoke to you as well i want you to remember this it doesn't matter what you're going through and where you're at our heavenly father is always with you i want to say this if you need prayer or you want to reach out to us send us an email or dm us on instagram you know let us know if we can serve you in any way just a reminder don't forget to subscribe so that you can tune in with us again and i'm really hoping to see you next week